Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty is a show created by Godzilla writer Max Borenstein and Ice Age 2 writer Jim Hecht. It's based off the 2014 book Showtime, Magic, Kareem, Riley, and the Los Angeles Lakers Dynasty of the 1980s, written by Jeff Perlman. The working title for the show was actually the title of the book Showtime, but as you can probably venture to guess, they didn't want to be advertising a competing network on HBO, so they decided to rework it and make it Winning Time, which just, to me, sounds like a stupid title, like Charlie Sheen wrote it. Yeah, but this is a show that doesn't give a fuck about anything. It doesn't care if you think, like, its name is stupid. They're, they're, it... Do you know why? You saw who made the show, right? Uh, Adam McKay, I saw. He, yeah. Like, executively produced it, yeah. Same person who made Don't Look Up, Vice, right. uh, The Big Short. You, was it The Big Short, or what was it, The Other One? The Big Short, was it? Yeah, it yeah, was Yeah, and you do, and, like, you have characters that break the fourth wall constantly, not just one. Like, mm-hmm. you have multiple of them. And, and you like that. Yeah, yeah, and also, I like the 80s aesthetic. This is, like, not only filmed, like, it's in the 80s, the acting is over the top, like, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. You also have, like, it not contrasted right outside, like, sunlight is seeping through whenever they're filming outside, like, 80s films. So is I, it more a comedy or more a historical, like, uh, depiction of events? I would say it's almost more a comedy. I mean, there are historical depictions, but, like, for the most part, they try to put in comedy wherever they can. There's a part in here where Adrian Brody, they straight up try and make him seem like he's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre because he's, like, tearing down part of his room. He is playing Pat Riley, right? Yeah, Pat Riley. He's a former basketball player. Okay, and we start the episode with him, or what? Uh, somewhat. You actually start the episode right away. It says five minutes later. I imagine this happened in the previous episode with John C. Riley. Uh, his name's Jerry, yelling at a different person, I believe. His name is also Jerry, about the fact that he's resigning from the team. Jerry Buss and Jerry West. You said John C. Riley played Jerry Buss. Jason Clark from Donna the Planet of the Apes, or one of the Planet of the Apes movies. Yeah, that's what, that's where I knew him from. Yeah, Just now. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, he's, Clark, yeah. and he's, he's yelling at him and he's like, why are you deciding to like resign from the Lakers? We're really needing your help. And then Jerry West is like, I feel like there's just like other people they can get for this role. He's done. He's fed up. He just kind of wants to quit because he feels like the team isn't going the way they wants it to. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a lot of what this storyline is. There's also a different storyline. Like I was talking about Adrian Brody. He plays Pat Riley. He is a former basketball player for the Lakers. Um, and he is like not being able to find happiness in his life. So he wants to become a reporter mm-hmm. and like a, you know one of those announcers during the games yeah um he's also married to gillian jacobs who plays a therapist in this True. and this reminded me of halt and catch fire i'm comparing it favorably because there was not one character in this thing that annoyed me like there wasn't one character that i felt like was uh really like a stereotypical like character that had only one trait i felt like everyone was quickly developed they all took place in the 80s and then also the americans did so those three could probably be shown back to back to back and you would get a good sense of what the 80s was about soviets <laughs> i and mean basketball very and, different and computer the beginning of the computer generation very different this is also like the last dance in fact i think you've seen the oh, last dance yeah. helped me a little bit with that it's obviously a lot darker than that i know adam mckay i'm sorry video. this show is darker than like an actual documentary yeah i mean you have people but dying you called it a comedy thing. this yeah it's a very dark comedy i did hear that there was a, a specific thing that happens this episode. yeah that's at the very so the, end the name of, of this episode is the best is yet to come it's supposed to be the most accurate to the show's date because it's gotten mm. a little bit of uh, criticism, a little bit of comparisons to The Crown where they like to play a little loose <laughs> with the facts. But in this episode, most of the things that happen 
happened. Really? Yeah. So, like, Magic Johnson actually went to, like, a pimp party? Because... Maybe not that. I don't know. Maybe? Yeah, like, at the... He... I, I think it's more to do with, like, the murder. <laughs> that, oh. I know, happened. Yeah, I mean, that that happened at the very end of it. Um, But, like I was saying, Magic Johnson, you follow him this episode, and, like, he's going to a movie premiere with some of the basketball players. Yeah, so Magic Johnson and the Lakers, they're coming out with their own, like, actual docu-series on Hulu, mm-hmm. kind of like the Jordan one from last year. Uh, this next like summer or it's sometime soon and they don't like this show oh what? <laughs> really i yeah i think this show's great they didn't I, have anything to do with i it. really don't have anything bad to say about it except for the fact that it is kind of like billions where information is flying a mile a minute so there were times where i had to play it back multiple times just to kind of understand everything that the characters were saying it is 10 episodes and i'd assume because it's based off that book they wanted to they had a full year of pandemic to basically write and rewrite and right again yeah. just over and over and over until they got everything they wanted in there yeah no i guess yeah like scenes are jam-packed with information mm-hmm. so that so the only thing i can really say is that like yeah you're gonna have to really pay attention like because again right away it starts off and john c Riley is screaming at someone he breaks the fourth wall and then he goes back to screaming at them and that's all within the first like minute of the show yeah and i also really like the intro i thought that it did a good job of uh setting the tone like it has like a really cool rap song in the background while you're also seeing different clips of things that are from the 80s as well and I would like say what? you have a lot of different shots of like basketball, obviously, but then you also have like different shots of LA as well and like cheerleaders. I thought that was well, cheerleaders really weren't supposed to be like a big deal in basketball until Jerry Buss came around. Like he was supposed to be the kind of goofball yeah, comedian who made showboated the uh, <laughs> really made it what it, what it is today. Like just a, or, or franchises, you know, made it like into a spectacle. Yeah, and also reminded me a lot of those uh, those like historical sports documentaries that are made into like movies because this is really showing how the lakers didn't care who they were trying like moneyball almost they didn't care who they were like really hiring they just wanted to make sure that they were going to win moneyball does seem sort of like an adam mckay type especially with the jonah hill cast (laughs) (laughs) yeah well because you said that he directed the second episode right of moneyball that's not a tv show (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if he directed or wrote it, but Jonah Hill, yeah, he had some part of it. Yeah, and, and there's also just, like, really funny creative parts uh, as well. Like, for example, there's a scene in here where Jerry Buss walks into a room. He throws down a paper, and it has a picture of Jerry Tarkanian, the person that they want to hire for the Lakers yeah. on it. And then some coach, I think. And then someone insults uh, Jerry Tarkanian, like, being like, he's not a good coach. Like, we can't coach him. And then the you picture... You can't coach the coach? Well, like, they're not going to be able to win team win games. But then the picture on the paper, like, is like, hey, fuck you, or something like that. Oh, it starts talking. Yeah, like, almost like in Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. And and, and that happens throughout. (laughs) Well, no, but it's, like, there's a lot of surrealness. Like, there will be scenes where people are just talking, and then it will be interspliced with a lot of those, like, film blips or whatever of, like, actual 80s. And like, so what ends up happening with the Tarkanian guy? Well, they go to the Tarkanian guy. The Tarkanian guy says that he doesn't want to do it. He's like, no, I'm just, I have more fun just uh, teaching college basketball. I don't want to work for the Lakers. Yeah. So Jerry Buss, once he hears that Jerry Tarkanian has not accepted the offer, decides to go down to Vegas himself so they can talk to him. And he offers him $750,000 a year to coach the Lakers, which is apparently going to be the most, like, he's going to be the yeah, highest for the paid 80s, coach. That's a lot of money. Right, yeah. And, and Vic, that's his friend, has been the person who, a lot of money. who's <laughs> really trying to, like, get Jerry Tarkanian to go for the Lakers because he feels like it's going to go, like, high in his career. Um, and then suddenly, that's when, like, a waiter comes over with champagne. 
and, mm-hmm. and uh, that's when Vic and Jerry kind of freak out because they see that the mafia has like has sent it over, and then they show like a quick clip of a couple dead bodies. And I was wondering if that was like something happened in the previous episodes because they like book it out of there. They go out of there, and they were just about to close the deal. So, so it was a little bit foreshadowing. Yeah, and then Jerry is like, "What's going on? I really don't want to lose." What did this you deal. think was going to happen there? Did you see something bad? Going I down I well, what? I mean, I the only thing I saw was like there was dead bodies. So I was like, obviously they don't want anything to do with the mafia so there must have been something that happened in the last few episodes where they were responsible for like some mishap going wrong i didn't expect i don't know if that's the case i don't know if they actually showed us because we're jumping in here in episode three but i don't know if they actually showed you the backstory with vic apparently he was a big gambler yeah that's all so that so that's probably what was because like it's revealed at the very end of the episode that the mafia got to vic and he dies so how does that happen like you see him leave with jerry yeah you see him leave with jerry and then jerry bus like runs out of the restaurant like what we were just about to close the deal i do not want to lose this like go get them and then uh it turns out that jerry tarkanian decides to take the deal but like um then when you see then at the like very the end papers of, were signed they were ready to go right yeah and then at the very end of the episode suddenly i think jerry tarkanian gets a call from his wife and uh-huh. then they like they show that police are around this car and they open up the back seat of it and Vic is dead completely like, gone <laughs> yeah the way they make his body out to be like it was wrapped in a blanket it sounds pretty disturbing yeah no it is i mean like they're, they don't they is don't shy away from it what? no i mean like you it's it's a little like bloody all over okay. but like except for that that was like the probably the like goriest i got throughout the episode i feel like if can you, you can... imagine if that were to happen today in like the sports world with any one of these deals like we just heard about carlos correa going to the twins but in the, like the next today it would be more shocking because like like it, then you find the twins manager just like murdered. You would probably <laughs> you would probably compare it to the eighties <laughs> in that sense. Yeah, but no. So I, I I really enjoyed the show. Like again, I have nothing really bad to say about it. Pat Riley, I found his character really funny. I think Adrian Brody does a good job with it. You know, because he joined Succession because he was already working with HBO on this. Yeah, no, I I, I can make the connection. The Adam thing McKay. I, yeah, the thing I found funny was that uh, he like he, he tries to go to Jerry West and he's like, do you think that like I'll be a good reporter? And then Jerry West is like, well, you sound kind of gay, so you're going to have to work on that. So his whole thing throughout the episode is him trying to like really sound like he can actually become a good announcer. You said Jerry West. Yeah. His storyline is different because um, even though he's leaving the Lakers, he's still trying to find someone who can like take over his job so and actually help him So he's hiring his own games. replacement. A, a little bit, yeah. That's I weird. mean, he's not in charge of it, but he's going to put in a good word because he's looking at, like, real tapes. Yeah. And at first, they, like, hire this assistant coach who, like, was in Portland. And Jerry West is like, this guy is, like, a joke. Like, there's no way that we can hire him. But he looks at some tapes later on in I the episode. I can see how it's related to The Last Dance. Right. there were so many times where they had to fire people. <laughs> and then they'd be like, that guy sucked. And then this guy yeah. came in, and he was pretty good. But then we still had to get rid of him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, like, he he's looking at the tapes, and he's like, oh, man, this guy is actually really good. And that's when he decides to go to one of the higher-ups and is like, hey, I want to put in a good word for this guy I called a joke earlier, the, the uh, assistant coach from Portland. But sure. then that's that's when it's revealed that they actually decided to hire the Jerry guy, the Jerry Tarkanian guy took the money. So Tarkanian, though, he faces out. He's like, no, I'm not going to do this, right? Yeah, at, at the, the very beginning. Oh. At the beginning. Uh, by the end, he takes the job. But then doesn't he say, no, I don't want it? No, that's not, that's like 20 minutes in. Vic comes to him originally like 20 minutes No, in. I mean like after he finds out that Vic died. 
He says, no, I, I don't want Vig it. Dying, like, Vig dying? Vig dying in his body is the last thing we see. So, the next episode, that's when that happens. <laughs> okay. Because he never becomes the actual coach. Oh, really? That's the it, whole thing. I mean, he was going to be the highest paid coach. Yeah, it just doesn't happen. Wow. Not then, at least. That's, yeah, okay. So, Magic Johnson, was he in the episode? Yeah, Magic Johnson, he... Like, you've been talking a lot about the coaching and the backstaff, but, like, any of the players show up? What, like, the, yeah. the people of the show, Quincy Isaiah or Solomon Hughes? I think we see I think we see both of them. I think they show Kareem up to the movie Jabbar. premiere. Uh, I don't think we see That's Kareem. who Solomon Hughes plays. He, he might have. They, don't, they didn't really Super talk about... Super tall guy with other, a big beard. They didn't talk about the other players. Like, we really get backstory on, on Magic. We see him leave. Like, he says goodbye to his family. He's, uh-huh. like, kind of... He, and then he, like, attends the pin party where, like, you see him just have sex with a ton of people. Okay. And then, like, he, like, gets a call from his family later on, and they're like, are you going to church? Are you doing all this stuff? And it's intercut with him going to the also party. Also reminds me of, like, the Michael Jordan thing when he first got to the team. Right, and yeah, 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 He was talking about in the Bulls room how he went to, like, that one hotel room, and then, like, right. everybody who had it, there was girls and It's exactly and like that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, Except he's Mac- Magic Johnson was participating. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Right. <laughs> so there's a difference. Um, yeah. So, was Larry Bird in this episode at all? No, I think they talk about him, though. They talk about him? Yeah. Originally, he was going to be played by Bo Burnham. You're joking. No, because Bo Burnham is six foot five. People were looking forward to it. I would have wanted to see that, yeah. yeah. That would have been... Well, why, why didn't it work out? Did, did it work out? Just know. scheduling. Oh. That was, I would, I mean, you saying that, I really wanted to see that. Well, there's a <laughs> lot of guest stars, like Michael Chiklis is in this. He didn't show up here. Okay. Well, Jason Sudeikis, I don't want to root them all, but, yeah. like, yeah, the show is stacked full with guest stars playing different people. And the acting is just really good. Like, so what would you give it in the end? Overall, I'd give this episode, like, a 9 out of 10. A 9 out of 10, you'll watch the rest of the series? Yes, yes, and, and I'm also going to watch the first two episodes. That's probably a good <laughs> yeah, thing I, to do, go back and watch them. The thing is, I, I do kind of want to touch on Pat Riley's storyline a little bit, because yeah. he does go a little bit crazy. Uh, he, like, attends a pickup game because he feels kind of left out, like he could have done more when he was in basketball. He's supposed to be playing how old in this episode? I'd say, like, 40, I think. Or no, like, I think he's supposed to be 34. From the comments I was reading... They were laughing at the fact that Brody was playing someone that young. Yeah, yeah. And he gets, like, elbowed in the face, and he goes home, and then Gillian and Jacobs is like, what happened? And he just, and that's when he decides to go downstairs and kind of try to uh, become an announcer. But then he, he really just gets annoyed later on because he, like, is trying to announce, and he sees himself when he's, because he's using old basketball clips. Yeah. He sees himself, and he's like, and that's Pat Riley, someone who's done, like, no nothing with his life. And also his, like, wife has said some stuff earlier about how there's like vines growing down in his basement that he just gets so annoyed he picks up a chainsaw and then he just completely destroys his basement room mm-hmm. um and he also is like chopping down the vines or whatever yeah and then his wife come home wife comes home and isn't really faced by this at all and she just kind of like sits right next to him and he's like you know i'm not sure if i can do this or whatever i always just imagine my dad he was someone who went to the mlb played four games only got one hit Michael and then jordan <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but he's like, you know, I and and then he tried his whole life to get like back to that point, and he never could. And then that's when Gillian Jacobs is like, well, you just have to try harder. And it, I, this I, is very much like the crown in the fact that like you're taking someone who is very well known, like Pat Riley went on to be, and now he, I think he went to the Heat in like 1995 and helped them make that. Mm-hmm. But but like the idea of seeing him in the middle of it before he won any championships and just kind of like thinking that he was in a midlife crisis moment. Um, it's just funny. 
But, but yeah. like, also something that might not have happened in that exact way. I but know. I still think that, like, it, the show took risks. Again, it didn't care at all. Like, it, there's no other show, I feel, like, that just puts in, like, random montage moments mm-hmm. of, like, someone having sex when they're speaking to their family. But oh. I still feel like that, like, every character got their due moment. And those are really the three big storylines that happened this episode. And I also feel like, yeah, it just did a really good job at making you feel, I don't know, like you were in the 80s, even though it wasn't born then. Anything about... The games that they were playing during this time like was this the off season because they were looking I, for I a different coach so. yeah i think so or it might have been the start of a season we don't see any basketball games are they going to show any because i feel like they'll, they'll do a good job well they when can. they were originally pitching it jim hacked went to the writer and he was like i love your book he's pretty outspoken about the series he's done a ton of interviews um him and borenstein both grew up in la in the 80s as lakers fans so once they read perlman's book uh, they basically saw it as a history account, but also sort of an explanation of the motivations behind each person. Mm-hmm. And so when he went to pitch it, Jim Hecht, he was like, I want to make this Friday Night Lights. Yeah. You know, I want to yeah, yeah, yeah. have the emotion behind every single character like you were it's saying a, it's a lot like that but it's also just funnier <laughs> like i can't i can't like underline the fact that this did feel like it was just at times like a pure out comedy hmm. but it doesn't have to be like a great sports story yeah it's it, more you don't even have to like basketball i okay. feel like to like this tv but show. if you do like basketball you might be a little disappointed because you might be expecting more of like realism there maybe also if like maybe you grew up during the 80s like and remember this story or something <laughs> like that you might be disappointed as well but just to like the casual viewer like me i really enjoyed it yeah unless you're a hard hardcore basketball fan um or expecting something specific that you remember that you're not going to get here it has gotten positive reception, 8.4 on IMDb, 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. However, some of the publicity about it became more about the production, the drama behind the production hmm. in this show like than the actual show. You probably heard, but you just don't remember, the dissolution of the Gary Sanchez Productions, which is Adam McKay and Will oh, Ferrell's Will Ferrell, public yeah. friendship breakdown. That right, that was for this show. For this okay, show. yeah. And it all sort of ironically goes in a big old circle because this is how... So Jeff Perlman, again, the writer of the book, he is he got his first like huge career break from this 1999 Sports Illustrated story where he interviewed a Braves relief pitcher, John Roker. Have you ever heard yeah, of him? Yeah, I have, yeah. You have? Yeah. How? I, I don't know, but I, the name sounds familiar. Okay, so, well, he might just have one of those names. But anyways, he did this interview with him where it was just supposed to be sort of a puff piece because they lost the World Series against the Yankees, but he's a good relief pitcher, so they were like, okay, well, we'll talk about him a little bit. He wrote this article, and then he spent a day with him. Well, that day went bad. Uh, oh. Turns out John Roker is sort of a bigot, a racist, an anti-Semite, <laughs> an asshole. He just did and said a lot of bad things, which made their way into the article and also made Jeff Perlman's career, in a way. <laughs> um, Will Ferrell ended up doing an SNL uh, impersonation of Jeff John Roker sorry, several times oh, on the okay. show, which is funny because then when he and Adam McKay created Eastbound and Down... Their baseball show starring Danny McBride, part of the character's like Danny McBride's crazy character was based off of John Roker. Yeah, yeah. That's the show that starts off with him like winning the World Series or something, right? Yeah, being an asshole and like flaming out. I mean, that's also just Danny and McBride. Ironically, like. Danny McBride and John Roker were born in the same hospital. So that was funny. But <laughs> so then Jeff Perlman, right? Uh-huh. Years later, 
That was their first TV show together. <laughs> this is definitely probably one of their <laughs> last TV shows together. Ends up still having that connection with Jeff Perlman. Um, it was sad because Will Ferrell had made it pretty clear that he he's from L.A. He went to college in L.A. He really wanted to play the Jerry Buss character. Oh, okay. And then it goes to John C. Riley. Right, and they're like friends. Yeah, so John C. Riley calls him up. Adam McKay hadn't really discussed it with him. And that going behind his back sort of thing when he had sort of hint or when Will Ferrell fully expected to go that way. In Adam McKay's defense, he was saying that this had to be hyper-realistic, which is weird because... There are a lot of articles that are bashing how it's not super realistic with the facts, but I guess with the portrayals, they want to make the people look like look like them. everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, like the. But like I said, the show doesn't really care what you think about it, so I'm a little surprised that that's the reason why kind of all that drama started. Yeah, but, you're not alone. Yeah, but I mean, they both are going off and doing their own separate things. Instead of Gary Sanchez Productions, Will Ferrell started uh, Gloria Sanchez Productions. Mm. They're still finishing off all the stuff that they had preset to do. And uh, Adam McKay has done things on his own before, like Vice and right. uh, all those were basically not the Will Ferrell connection. It's, yeah, no, I mean, like, I would say that it definitely is closer to things like Vice and Don't Look Up. But I do think this is, like, a better better than both of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Don't Look Up is up for Oscars, isn't it? Yeah, but, like, you got 56% on Ron Tomatoes. Which I think it deserves. It's not that funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So for the third episode, though, back to that, the best is yet to come. Does that make it seem like this is a pre-qualifying episode for something that's about to like show up? The Jerry Tarkanian guy, for as much as he's a dick, it does sound, it does like look like he's going to be able to take the Lakers to victory, hmm. but, but he's not. But he's not. Yeah, I guess. I guess <laughs> so, so I don't know. Maybe it could be like one of those like contrasting titles because a lot of bad stuff does happen in this episode. Yeah. But I mean, like, I don't know. All right. Well, it leaves you off on a sort of a cliffhanger there. Yeah. The, the big cliffhanger. Who? Like, I mean, obviously the, the mafia mob. killed. Vic. They're pretty sure it has never been solved. But like, they're it, not going to be able to solve it in the show. But they, they have to take like, some real big liberties. But they, but they, I assume, like, have more information or something, right? That, that that's it like that they just it. left it like okay plus mm-hmm. like they have a lot the book spans 10 years it's the decade uh the show probably isn't going to do that people were expecting this to be a miniseries however that's not the case they're really? already working on a season two. i thought it was going to be like oh i thought it was going to be like a season one thing and then season two is maybe a different team jeff hecht has even said that he would want to go like 50 seasons like he wanted to go forever there's that much on the lakers i, I think he just is talking out his ass like i don't know <laughs> they're working in the work writer room for season two they, i did like the casting i know they're not a big part of this sh- uh show in this episode but solomon hughes kareem abdul jabbar the big in both magic and him this is their first like big acting gig mm-hmm. but like for solomon hughes he's like 43 he has a doctorate in education he was teaching at stanford uh and he just happened to have played basketball never acted before and they just were like and he sent in an audition tape and they were like that's the guy yeah no and i think that magic johnson also does a good job yeah, yeah he yeah. was in like one short i think a few years ago it was called like corporate coffee or something but besides that <laughs> this is his first real big gig so it's cool that they were cast oh yes yeah. Um, yeah, other than that, that's all my notes. Anything else you want to say? No, that's fine. All right, well, thanks again for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.